Good morning, everyone. I'm R.W. Estella with a word in edgewise. Today is the 18th of September, the 261st day of 2023, with 104 days ahead of us on our way to 2024. As Tropical Storm Lee, not so long ago referred to as a hurricane, clears the Canadian Maritimes and spins eastward into the North Atlantic, like many of its ancestors have in years past, how readily my recollection of the 1985 meteorological event named Gloria spirals into the present. I can almost see all my different lives, writes Tiana Clark in her poem, Maybe in Another Life almost taste them, like trying to catch the tail end of a cinematic dream before it evaporates. Only a small sampling of blossoms remain here and there in our garden, a yellow Stelladoro lily, a couple of red and pink hollyhocks, some stands of white queens and lace, and several bunches of little white flowers at the ends of oregano going to seed. Thomas Moore's early 19th century lines arrive right on time. "'Tis the last rose of summer left blooming alone. All her lovely companions are faded and gone. No flower of her kindred, no rosebud is nigh to reflect back her blushes or give sigh for sigh." heavenward, eastward at sunrise today and tomorrow, pending any cloudy interference, the planet Venus will be the brightest of the year. Tonight, look west after sunset for the bright star Spica, keeping company with our waxing crescent moon. And from the Latin equus, meaning equal, and nox, meaning night, we'll have the autumnal equinox on Saturday morning around 10 minutes to 3, when the days and nights will be equal for everyone across the globe. That also means, since at the equinox the sun will be rising due east and setting due west, and thus hitting the horizon at the steepest possible angle, that it will take fewer minutes than normal for the sun to do its thing at the beginning and the end of the day, and hence will have the shortest sunrise and sunset at equinox. Today in 1502, on his fourth and final New World voyage, Cristobal de Colón, a.k.a. Christopher Columbus, landed at Costa Rica. Today in 1679, New Hampshire became a county in Massachusetts Bay Colony. Today in 1769, John Harris of Boston, Massachusetts, builds the first spinet piano. Today, in 1793, President George Washington laid the cornerstone of the U.S. Capitol Building in Washington, D.C. Today, in 1809, the Royal Opera House in London opened. Today, in 1812, the Great Fire of Moscow burned out after five days, with 75% of the city destroyed and 12,000 people killed. Today, in 1837, Charles Louis Tiffany and John B. Young co-founded Tiffany and Company in New York City. Today in 1850, the U.S. Congress passed the Fugitive Slave Law as part of the Compromise of 1850, requiring escaped slaves to be returned to their owners. Today in 1851, the New York Times started publishing at two cents per copy. Today in 1899, Scott Joplin was granted copyright by the U.S. Copyright Office 
for the most famous ragtime composition, his Maple Leaf Rag. And today in 1947, the Central Intelligence Agency officially came into existence after being established by President Truman Truman, two months earlier. And the U.S. Air Force was created as a separate military service by passing the National Security Act. And the U.S. Department of Defense began its first day of operation. Today in 1905 in Stockholm, Sweden, Greta Luisa Gustafsson was born as the third and last child of Carl Gustafsson, a laborer, and his wife, Anna, who were poor but hardworking. When her father became ill from the Spanish flu in 1919, young Greta nursed him while her elder siblings took on outside jobs. And when her father Carl died in 1920, 14-year-old Greta left school to work in a barber shop where she lathered faces for the barber to shave. Then, biographer Ed Morrow tells us, Greta became a sales girl at Stockholm's PUB department store, where the store's public relations man economized on filming ads by using several of the store's sales girls, including Greta, as models, paying them $3 per day. Three of the girls served to illustrate how to look desirable by optimal use of dress and cosmetics while one girl, who happened to be Greta, served as the oddball example of how not to look. The ads were shown in local movie houses, and Greta, in her garish Czech skirt with Czech scarf, became the star, subsequently appearing in additional ad films, despite her mother's opposition. When Swedish film director Erik Petschler visited the store to buy costumes, Greta, now 16 years old, cornered him and said she wanted to be a movie actress. The director was impressed with Greta's chubby, wholesome looks, gave her a screen test, and cast her in the comedy Peter the Tramp. Afterwards, Greta analyzed her performance and realized she needed professional training, subsequently talking her way into the Swedish Royal Dramatic Theater Academy, where director Moritz Stiller took her under his wing, cast her in Gosta Berling's saga, and changed her name, settling on Greta Garbo. Greta's mother eventually accepted Greta's career, though expressing disdain for watching strange men kissing her on screen. Today is also the birthday in 53 AD of Roman Emperor Trajan, in 1709 of English lexicographer Samuel Johnson, in 1933 of American actor Robert Blake, in 1940 of American actor and singer Frankie Avalon, in 1951 of American bassist D.D. Ramone, in 1956 of American journalist Chris Hedges, in 1961 of American actor James Gandolfini, in 1964 of American actress Holly Robinson, and in 1971 of American cyclist Lance Armstrong. From Orono, Maine, I'm R.W. Estella with a word in Edgewise. Here's to the official transition from summer to fall, to the 37th week of 2023, and to my son Gabriel's birthday on Wednesday. Happy birthday, Gabe.